0: In April, I stopped receiving those voice memos from Chester. That guy I was kind of seeing prior to quarantine. I miss them.
1: Do you feel any better now?
0: I miss sharing this intimacy with someone, that delicate and nuanced feeling. Even though my participants are strangers... They describe what I am longing someone with whom I can share
1: sunrises and morning snuggles on cold days quietly moving about in a house that's earthy barefoot and hot waters being made for tea or coffee. There's no talking, just quietly moving and dancing around one another in our morning routines, maybe going to a farmer's market, doing some yoga together, meditating, having some awesome sex. It's all the little stuff. I mean, holding hands and just being in such deep gratitude. Your heart is overwhelmed. That takes courage. To look every day in the face and be like, I would choose this if this were my last
0: day. In creating and facilitating my experiment, I feel powerful. I never dreamed of having this much influence on the romantic futures of other people. I didn't take my responsibility lightly. Hi, I'm Eves, puppet master in charge of the experiment. One that is carefully planned and deliberately researched. I'm also Heather, observer along for the ride, open to all the possible outcomes that can unfold. You are listening to It's Nice to Hear You, stories about human connection told through an anonymous matchmaking experiment. This is episode four The V Word.
2: Hey, G, it is about one morning. There's this
1: but there's a lot of I'm feeling hopeful regardless of the outcome of this. It all started on March 26th at 7:35 AM in a little town in Kentucky.
0: That's our male protagonist.
1: It is G. It is G, it, it is me. And I could probably write him a whole bunch of other letters. My DJ name would be 20,000 Leagues because I like swimming in the deep end. I love those deep conversations.
0: He may be DJ 20,000 Leagues, but I will call him Graham. He's 44 years old and works in nonprofit. He lives in Denver with the love of his life.
1: I have this amazing dog named Wiley. He has been with me when I was not at my best. He's been through breakups with me, moved around the country with me. He's been that ever-present witness.
0: These are answers from his profile.
1: It's taken me a long time to really admit, as a man, I want depth. One person that is, like, my best friend. I can tell them stuff. They can tell me stuff. We're in each other's corner.
0: Those 36 personal questions he answers prior to being matched.
1: I think if a crystal ball could tell me the truth about myself, maybe I'd like to know some quality that would identify my person. When you meet her, you will know that she is who she is by a red scarf. A little glimpse, but not everything.
0: I match Graham with X.
2: My first name does not start with X. I just thought it sounded sexy.
0: For this story, I call her Xena. As a disclaimer, I actually know her prior to the experiment, a personal friend who's single and interested in participating. She's 34 years old, lives in New York City, former consultant turned entrepreneur, with a side hustle as a voice actress.
2: I was raised with a really loving family that was super kind to me.
0: If I could change anything,
2: I guess I would have wanted to be in an environment more accepting of creative endeavors.
0: She was her high school class president, graduated from an Ivy League college in three years, and went into the fashion industry. Then she went to business school.
2: Looking back on it, I'm not sure if I would have gone. It's put me in an incredible amount of student loan debt, and I'm not totally sure if it was the right choice for me.
0: She's accomplished professionally, active socially, but she struggles with dating.
2: I've noticed people want a situationship, all the bells and whistles, and the emotional and physical companionship without titles or without expectations, which is stupid. Why should I give all that to somebody if I can't rely on them? I'm looking for something more meaningful, no longer looking to date for sport.
0: I totally empathize with her. I'm tired of dating. After a while of looking for what I think I want, believing that I found it and always being disappointed, I start to doubt myself. Being optimistic... Is a lot of work, and I'm tired. On the morning of May 2nd, 2020, I email Zina to introduce her to Graham. Later that day, she sends me her first voice memo.
2: Hey, G, this is X here. It is nice to digitally meet you. I hope you're having a great Saturday, and I am sitting in Manhattan. It's three minutes long. Your perfect day sounded pretty awesome. I'm totally down. We'd have to make sure that we're getting some fresh stuff at the farmer's market to make dinner. I think the one other thing I would add to it would be some sort of creative activity. One of us could write or paint or um, maybe just go to, like, a really cool art exhibit.
0: A couple days later, Graham responds.
1: (sighs) I'm a little bit of a nerd because I feel I should be like, this is Captain G of the USS Denver. The alien life on this planet seems terribly fucked up. You said you want to look under the hood, and and sometimes I say, oh, you want to see what's under my skirt, huh? I liked that you would add the creativity and the painting and the writing, and I, I could envision, like doing the same thing together and then doing stuff in different parts of the house and, like, little kissing breaks and going back to what we're doing. Um, he sends Zena
0: an eight-and-a-half-minute-long message.
1: Um, I created a men's group. It's a place where men can get together and support one another as men to be the best that they can be. Um, we just crossed our two-year anniversary, and I'm really proud of that. I do consider myself a writer, not in the official sense of the word, but yeah, I've written poetry and maybe someday you'll get to see some of that.
0: In these first messages, they're already imagining spending time together.
2: You mentioned in your last message, like you're somewhat of a writer. I think that's really cool. would love to hear more about what you've written or want to write. Um, for me, I... Was much more of a writer when I was a teenager. I wrote poetry and short stories. It's something I haven't done a great job of keeping up and would like to explore again.
0: I kind of just went on like this.
2: Got your response. Thanks so much for sending one.
1: Let's just dive right in.
0: Each message progressively longer.
1: Um, Thank you for listening all the way to the end. Now for my own little rogue experiment. I would like you to tell me about a date you're going to take me on. The beginning of the scene would be me getting off a plane and meeting you at the airport. Just set the scene. Um, (laughs) Have a great night, and I will record something tomorrow for you.
2: The diabolical question that you had: What would I do if I were to take you on a date? Love it. Um, so in about two weeks, I will be on the west coast. I would be wearing a like matching athleisure sports bra, legging, cute little Runyon look. Canyon. One of See my some cool nature. to Do is go to an art museum and just take in the art around you, the people. We can talk a little bit during it, but we can also be silent while we look at a painting, go to another painting and say, oh, I'm gonna tell you what I'm thinking about this. And I think it's nice where there's not so much pressure to constantly be Now, you know, it's getting kind of late, the sun is setting, let's go have some amazing food. Since it'd be our first time meeting, I don't think it's appropriate to, I don't know, I don't think I'd wanna cook for you. I think it'd be more fun to go out somewhere.
1: You're like an (laughs) encyclopedia I want to read what's on page 232
2: So you're the lefty, I'm the righty You are 6'3", a foot taller than me I can wear platform heels
0: (laughs) 1,800 miles apart, they make each other laugh
1: You were cracking a joke about the $17 million brownstone And you were like, that's such a deal And I cracked up at the same time that you cracked up in your recording. It almost, for a moment, felt like we were in person, we were laughing together at the same
0: thing.
2: You said this feels like an arranged marriage, <laughs> which,
0: like the Grand Czar Mistress, basically arranged us. So, I'm their inside joke. Graham refers to me
1: as the Wizard of Oz. Just mean it as a behind-the-scenes magician. So, I imagine you can discern what that is. I actually bought this old royal typewriter. (laughs) I have this thing for typewriters.
2: I love that. There is such a lost art form of sending notes to friends. I'm curious what you are typing on it.
1: I haven't actually written any letters on my typewriter because I got it just recently, but I will tell you that the last four handwritten letters were to my stepmom, my adopted dad, my biological mom, and my brother. It's just a small little gift that's a really thoughtful thing.
2: Interestingly, I have never used a typewriter. Well, I guess that's not that interesting. That's probably kind of (laughs) normal for someone my age. I love the idea of a typewriter. I like the, what's the word I'm looking for? Analog. And there's something very romantic about all things
1: analog. I really appreciate your word analog. There's something sweet about actual books, an actual typewriter with paper and handwritten letters.
0: By the second week, they start to share these little moments from their days, like preparing food,
1: That is G making some organic celery juice. A huge window that I have
2: looks across the street at a very lovely brownstone. And I usually just sit here to sip my coffee. Just kind of contemplate what my intentions are for the day.
1: I did hear you sipping your coffee. And it was ever so faint, but... When you're getting to know someone, it's all these little micro things that you start to build grooves in your memory of a person. You know, for the first time in these exchanges, I felt some tenderness towards you.
0: This is what it sounds like to fall into like with someone.
1: I find our interactions refreshing, hopeful, and possible, regardless of the outcome of this. It would be cool to cross your path in real time, or maybe in person. And if that didn't happen, I have deeply appreciated these interactions.
2: It's been really nice to just have someone who is really in tune with how they feel and really great communicator, it's been awesome. So, like, right back at you, really enjoying talking back and forth.
1: I'm intrigued, curious, and maybe a little smitten.
0: Only two weeks in, they've already exchanged nearly seven hours of voice messages. They talk about really serious things, like views towards having children and gender roles in partnership. It's now time for the midpoint check-in. Graham and Zena speak to the same relationship coaches as the other pairs. On a scale of 1 to ten, one being non-existent, 10 being super deep and connected, how would you rank the level of intimacy you have with your match? Um, It's pretty intimate.
2: I'd say like 8 or 9, especially considering how long we've known each other.
3: How would you rank your level of intimacy?
1: I would say probably like a four. Um, I'm not sure how vulnerable she has actually been with me. I mean, I know she's disclosed certain things, but she's still playing it safe.
0: Initially, I was surprised by this big difference and Graham not feeling a deeper level of connection. But then upon reflection, I can kind of understand why. What would Mm -hmm. you say you've learned about yourself through the process? um hmm. um
2: okay um again I'm really sorry I, like I'm not prepared to answer these questions um no
0: just whatever stream of consciousness it doesn't have to be polished or perfect just what comes to mind is fine yeah I guess so can you repeat the question again Sina is flustered by some of these questions in the midpoint check-in and we catch her at a moment of Unpreparedness. Let me see.
2: I haven't thought about this at all, so I apologize. I don't really have an answer for that.
0: This made me realize that, in comparison, her voice memos to Graham sound super prepared, which, in a way, can feel distant. You know, you might have a friend who's, like, lovely, kind, and respectful. Never late, always calm. Doesn't get caught in the rain because this friend is always prepared. Listening to Zena's messages to Graham, she kind of reminds me of someone like this. Always polished and collected. When people are so prepared in this way, it could give the impression that what they're saying is rehearsed like something you might hear in a business meeting. Remember from the last episode how Alex mentioned that Robert is an outlier because of the long pauses in his voice messages? Well, Zina is also an outlier, but for the opposite reason. She has the lowest amount of pauses in her voice memos. For the other participants, in the beginning, they all start out with more pauses, and then they become more fluent as they get increasingly more comfortable with their match, with the format. But with Xena, it's the opposite. She's more fluent in the beginning. In the following weeks, she does reveal a bit more under the surface, where it's not so controlled. Messy is more interesting. But this perceived gap in intimacy how Graham rates the connection at a four, while Xena rates it at closer to eight or nine. It isn't just all on Zena's armor of polish and perfection. From the midpoint check-in, this is how he compares Xena to other people that he's dated.
1: It's actually quite refreshing compared to the train wrecks that I've dated in the past. Train wreck,
0: train wreck. Nick Sparks, the relationship coach who talked to Graham in the check-in, mentioned to me afterwards that he suspects Graham may have put up some walls that affects how he engages with other potential partners. Nick shares this very fitting anecdote from a Gordon Ramsay show, of all things, but it did help me understand what he means.
3: There's an episode of Hotel Hell with Gordon Ramsay that I love. A woman ran this hotel. And previous guests had marked up the wall or something and caused her to fix it and cost her money and it was expensive. So she started making every single future guest sign this huge waiver when they came in, which no other hotel does. Guests were like, this is absurd. What is this? But kind of taking it out on every single person that came after it because of that one guest's poor actions.
0: Being the nosy eavesdropper that I am, the next day I give Graham a prompt. I asked him to share, to the extent that he's comfortable, what his experience has been with infidelity.
1: Wizard of Oz has given a prompt about infidelity. I'm going to share a little bit and be vulnerable about some things that have happened. Um, Yes, I have been cheated on. It probably is the most triggering thing that I could experience in a relationship. Because I'm all about honor, respect, integrity, I deserve women to be honest with me, and um, this woman was not. One time I did confront her. She was sneaky. She used loopholes. I thought we were on the same page about what monogamy is, but apparently there's different versions of monogamy.
0: In the same message, Graham also asks this.
1: Um, What in your life wounded you? In my experience, and I'm not putting this on you, but in my experience, women that are really masculine, it's usually a cover up for something underneath that's happened. It can be, um, it's it's a defense strategy, it's a coping mechanism.
2: I don't think I'm some wounded animal that is showcasing some masculine side to protect myself. There are different sides of my personality. I'll be super measured at work and stuff. And then I'll be weird and silly and kind of crazy. I kind of have always been this way. As a little girl, I was told that I was like this. So that's just fucking how I'm built.
0: She records this outside on a super windy day. So the audio is a little hard to hear.
2: I lived with him. We had met each other's families. We talked about getting married. Our kids had personalities, like the whole enchilada. And when I got accepted to business school, he flipped out and broke up with me over dinner in a public setting. I went home to our home thinking that we just had really bad fight. Got home, and all of his shit was gone. Um, I've done a lot of work and I'm so ready again for another boyfriend, be with someone long-term. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, yes, I've been wounded in the past. No, I do not think it relates to any of these masculine or invulnerable qualities. And I do not think it has poorly affected me, at least in the state of mind that I'm in now. If anything, you just learn from it. It gives you life experience, and you move on.
0: I start to hear a different side of Xena, a less measured and more emotional side. Graham hears this too.
1: Isn't it perfect? In the most vulnerable part of your recording, the wind just happened to be real loud. I listened back
2: to it. The part where I was telling you about my wounds was the loudest part with the wind where you could barely hear me. I could just picture you being like, God damn it, (laughs) can't hear anything. (laughs) So I just wanted to retell that story. The wounds I had were like me opening up to guys and either not returning it or really hurting me.
1: What's even more perfect is you thought that I didn't hear it. I heard the whole thing and you backed up your vulnerability by telling the story again. Triple gluten-free bounty points for you. When I heard you talk about your hope and your openness, I could feel this little girl side, which I think was really sweet. I come off
2: as very strong, and I am, but I am a softie too, and I am sensitive.
1: I really appreciate the fact that you, it's almost like you confess being a softie and having this tender side to you. I'm proud of you.
2: I am so fucking hopeful when it comes to love. I love the idea of love. I think it's awesome when it happens.
1: There was one moment when you were talking about love that was just bright, happy, innocent, and hopeful. It's not something that I want you to replicate. It's something I want you to allow.
2: And I was wondering, I don't know if she's been in love. So have you?
1: As we get older we have an opportunity to really understand love in its depth and breadth. And I'm gonna say probably not. At the time, I thought, you know, yeah, I'm in love, but um, no.
0: Sometime in the second week, Graham asks if he could mail a letter to Zena, snail mail style. To preserve everyone's anonymity, Graham would mail it to me, and then I would mail it to Zena. Dear X, this is the letter Graham writes. I thought I might send you a little something that you can touch with your hands and see with your eyes. For me, I see these letters as analog art. I will credit you with that if I ever become famous with these. This evening, it rained here. The sky was still taking in the last bit of sun and also raining. Reminds me of Florida in the summers. Rain, something so quiet and mysterious about what rain does to our spirits, stilling and hypnotizing our minds and hearts. As you wander west, I will leave you with these words. Wander this way, slowly and assuredly. Listen and be curious about the things hidden under the skin of words and silence. May your compass always point true north and may always find your way home. Sincerely, G. am trying to imagine just how much Graham must like Xena to have been compelled to write this and then go through the trouble of mailing it during a pandemic she is someone worth taking a leap for falling towards and potentially getting hurt by
2: i wanted to thank you for the typewritten letter that you sent me that was so nice like i i honestly received it and was like holy shit like that's so thoughtful and so lovely And I'm like, what's wrong with him? (laughs) What's wrong with you? I don't understand. You're so nice and communicative and loving. Like, what's the problem here?
1: I'm really glad that you enjoyed the letter and the poetry. My letter wasn't perfect. (laughs) I'm glad that you enjoyed it.
0: Hearing all of this unfold got me thinking, how do we know when people in partnership are moving towards a deeper connection? Is there some sort of scientific checklist, maybe, to assess the level of intimacy based on what has and has not been discussed?
3: You know, there was a lot of early work, I mean, this is going back like 50 years, that suggested there was sort of a stage-like process.
0: That's psychology professor Paul Eastwick again. You heard from him in episode two. He is an expert in the study of attraction and relationships
3: specific sexual interests and stuff like that would come later. Nasty parts of your childhood would come before that. And, you know, what would come before that would be hobbies and stuff, right? But the reality is it, it ends up being pretty challenging. It's sort of hard to say somebody's moving at a slow or fast pace by looking literally at what they're talking about. If I say something to you that feels threatening to me that's going to build my sense of intimacy with you. It could have been the most mundane thing to other people. It could have been something that is seemingly very, very trivial. And yet to me, it was extraordinarily diagnostic about whether or not I feel as though you get who I am.
0: A key word Professor Eastwick said is threaten in psychology. Vulnerability is associated with feelings of anxiety about being rejected, shamed, or judged. Sharing something vulnerable feels threatening. If I share things with you, but don't feel scared by what these disclosures could elicit, no matter how personal and intimate the disclosures are, then I'm not being vulnerable at all. I'm just being open. So I realize There is a difference between being vulnerable and being open. And vulnerability is subjective. Subjective to each person and to each relationship. What feels vulnerable to me may be different for you. With this understanding of vulnerability, I need to confess that I haven't been totally vulnerable with you. I've just been open. In episode two, I said I ghosted Chester after he kept rescheduling our plans to meet. To say that I ghosted him implies I rejected him, which is not totally accurate. At the time, I ignored two of his messages, like what he had for dinner or something like that. If he had messaged again, I would have responded and tried to make plans again. But he didn't. He didn't call. No voice messages. Even though it was my turn to respond, I felt rejected. After hanging out regularly for months, I felt connected to him. But then it just receded into silence. Chester is someone I liked very much, and I thought liked me very much as well. But then I realized that maybe he didn't, after all. I'm embarrassed. I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want you to think that I'm naive. Or worse, desperate. This unemployed, single, Lonely girl in her early 30s, making a podcast about her dating life. Sad. It felt safer to just reframe the narrative and say, I ghosted Chester instead.
2: Hey G, it's X.
0: In the last week of the experiment, Graham and Zena shared so many intimate moments.
2: It is about 1.20 in the morning. I was thinking about you, and I felt compelled to send you a message. I'm going to be very honest. I have attempted to Google you tonight. Very bad. I wonder if you have also been a bad boy and tried to...
1: Google me. I listened to your naughty misbehaving message, and um, we're going to have to deal with that, obviously. A little bit of wine made you curious, and curiosity did kill the cat. The mystery will be revealed soon, and anticipation and mystery is a good thing.
0: They shared imperfect incomplete things they're working on.
1: I don't have a lot of songs in my toolbox, but there are these little things that I play from time to time. It might be something you might hear on a Sunday afternoon. The windows are open. There's a bunch of natural light in the room.
0: This is what intimacy sounds like.
1: Obviously, it's choppy fifth grade recital kind of thing where it's awkward, but people are so proud of you because you're like, "Oh, you're a beginner, Woo. Um, yeah, that's that's real life.
0: I think Graham and Zena are seeking validation. Validation that they are on the right path of pursuing what they believe they are looking for. In connecting with each other, I think they've become a little more hopeful.
1: In the unfolding of talking and getting to know someone and hearing what makes them amazing and what breaks their heart, um, it really has encouraged me to, regardless of the outcome, to engage single women in a different way. I, I'm I'm watching myself having a growth inducing experience in leaning into the pain and discomfort. I'm not sure of the outcome, but I am willing to show up for whatever is going to happen next. And to me, that's what makes a good man.
2: I really have appreciated this so much. It's been so wonderful to talk to someone who's so communicative, has empathy, is smart, and not afraid to go into the deep stuff or just talk about his fucking feelings like a real man would. That has been very sexy, but it's just been so lovely to remind myself there are people out there who have really good communication skills. So I really appreciate that.
0: Just knowing that someone like this exists, someone who fits what they're looking for, shares the same values, and also reciprocates their affections, is deeply validating. Approaching the final days, I can hear their excitement.
1: I'm not trying to work myself up into thinking that you're gonna show up on the doorstep.
2: I actually just told a friend today about the whole experiment and a little bit about you. She was so intrigued, and she also was like, I kind of want G for myself.
1: Talking in real time would be so strange. I don't know what your name
2: is. (laughs) I don't know what you look like. I don't know if you find me attractive. When we meet, I'd be like a kid on Christmas, like, ooh, I get to unwrap my present. (laughs) So a hug, a kiss, hand-holding, all of that sounds dramatically amazing. I, like, can't even describe. All I would want from you is just meet the person I've been talking to who's been really authentic and just be you.
0: Of course, they don't know the surprise ending to the experiment.
2: Hello? Hello. Hi, this is X. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Is this G? Uh, Yes, it is. <laughs> hi. Oh, I didn't know that also,
1: the two of us on the line. Also known as...
0: After 16 hours and 28 minutes of voice messages, they finally find out each other's names. Well, hi, <laughs> Twelve minutes into the call, they finally get around to asking about what each other looks like.
2: Okay. So on your Facebook, there's a lovely photo of you... And that's you with short hair. Do you have the short hair now? Yeah. I like
1: this. Uh, I was going to say naughty librarian look, but uh, that's probably. Naughty <clears throat> librarian. I love that.
0: <laughs>
1: I think I have some overdue library books that we should probably discuss. <laughs> when do you want to face chat today? Um,
2: right now. Oh, right now. Sure. Give me a second. I'm literally cleaning my apartment. I have on cleaning gloves. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> Let me just like, very sexy.
1: You're... <laughs> well, it comes with a French maid outfit.
2: Oh, I can't put that on right now, but these things can be discussed. <laughs> right.
0: That is a little too much eavesdropping. Now you know the story of how Graham and Zena met.
2: It is okay. nice to officially
0: meet you. They do meet in person eventually. That's for episode six. Next time, another story, but not about a pair in the experiment. Heather learns a lesson on communication. I didn't cry when I sent it. I had already cried sufficiently in the previous years. After a couple weeks we finally meet in a restaurant of my choosing, in my neighborhood. Behavioral Signals is the sponsor for this podcast. They have created the fastest, evolving, and most robust emotional AI technology, enabling businesses to add emotion and behavioral recognition to their own software solutions. For more information, check out BehavioralSignals.com. A huge thank you to Rana and Alex for making this partnership possible. It's Nice to Hear You is written and produced by me, Heather Lee. If you like what you hear, please give the show a rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps independent shows like this one to get discovered. We also have product available for purchase. Check out It's Nice to Hear you. Com for a super fun, get messy tea towel that symbolizes one of the underlying themes of the show. This story would not have been possible without all of my wonderful editors. Story consulting and editing by Katya Stepanov and Jesse
3: Carey, co founders of Rebus Experiences.
0: Editing by me, Camila Kerwin, with the Rough Cut Collective. Story editing by Max Miller. Sound design by myself and Morgan Foos, who also mixed and mastered this entire series. Brand identity by Jen Ang. Website design by Lizzie Jolson. Special thanks to Professor Paul Eastwick, relationship coaches Molly Godfrey and Nick Sparks for conducting all of the midpoint check-ins. Lastly, thank you to all of my participants, in particular Graham and Zena.
1: Eventually, when this is all done, I'd like to go to the next level with you, girl, and do some FaceTiming. You know, get deep. We
2: can chat. I can FaceTime. Google Hangouts. Zoom. Babe, whatever you're into. I've got the video technology. You were just asked if you need time off. I mean, stars are aligning. Perfect timing.
0: That's all for now. Bye.